Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Your auto retail, how not to get ripped off by car dealer team, sitting here in the studio already, poised to help you this evening, or this morning, isn't it? It's not evening. I didn't get a very good night's sleep last night. I thought it was evening. Um, we're here to uh, not only inform you and educate you, but also inter- entertain you occasionally. Uh, you listened to the recorded uh, introduction, and we touched on our mystery shopping report. I, I will, I'm going to uh, say that you will be definitely entertained by our mystery shopping report. It's exciting. Uh, it's adventuresome to us because we're uh, we're very candid when we do a mystery shop. We we uh, don't pull any punches. We tell it exactly like it is, and this is live radio. So a little adrenaline flows. We enjoy it very much. So look forward to that in the second half of the show. Uh, we mystery shop a different car dealership every week. We've done it for years and years and years. We archive them on. EarlOnCars.com. You can go there anytime and look at the good dealer, bad dealer list. We have lists of every, virtually every make car, at least in the Florida area. Uh, and we have a recommended dealer for every, several actually. Uh, we fail very few dealers completely because we grade on the curve. So when you're thinking about buying your next car, uh, check uh, EarlOnCars.com and check the mystery shopping reports. You've got a dealer in your area that'll help you out there. Now, speaking of buying cars, uh, I'm a recovering car dealer and I have a car dealership. Uh, This is not an infomercial. And I'm about to prove it to you because if you buy a car now, you're crazy. It's it's a seller's market out there. Uh, uh, As a buyer, you are at a disadvantage for two very good reasons. First of all, the prices are sky high because of supply and demand. And the selection is very narrow. Uh, You have fewer cars to choose from whether you're buying a new car or used car. So take it from a car dealer, don't buy a car unless you have to. If you're going to buy a car, then this show is like uh, vital medication. You need to understand uh, if you ever learned how to buy a car today is the time to learn because if you go out there today the bait and switch advertising is uh, more acute than we've seen it in a long long time and I've been in this business for half a century Uh, the bait and switch advertising is extreme and the salespeople and the dealers have a legitimate excuse the fact of the matter is yeah you argue about the price Car dealer says, car salesman says, yeah, price is real high. 
That's because we don't have very many cars. And he's telling the truth. So you're thinking to yourself, why am I here? (laughs) Well, maybe that's a good question to ask yourself. If you need a car, then you have to be extremely careful. And this show will help you do that. And we'll tell you how to get as good a price as you can on a car. But even that good price, Costco price, a true car price, a Consumer Reports price, prices are higher. Even the good prices are higher. So please understand that. Now, there's a little bit of a silver lining. If you have an extra used car in the family, now's the time to sell it. And we'll talk about that later too. Uh, You don't want a car sitting around that you're not using. If you can sell it, you can get a, a top price for a used car today. Car dealers are, so can you. They're getting top prices on the new cars, too. You can't sell new cars, but uh, only a car dealer franchised can sell a, a new car. So that kind of covers uh, the focus of the show. And, and then I have to divert to the fact that it's not all about buying and selling. It's about maintaining and repairing. And I'm looking at Rick Kearney, who is a certified diagnostic master technician. Um, he's been uh, doing that for over a quarter of a century. He's been through a lot of evolution in the car business, and he's now talking computers and Bluetooth and uh, all the other high-tech factors that uh, make cars expensive today. I mean, we forget about it. It's a great thing, safer than they've ever been, but also more expensive than they've ever been, and more expensive to repair. There's so much computer stuff on a car today that if you damage something or something fails, it just costs more. Computers cost a lot of money, and uh, you will pay the price just like you will if you buy a car. Everything's costing more today. Pandemic after effect, uh, we're back on the street, we're taking our masks off, we're out shopping, and we were doing that before. Now, uh, you have to uh, be very, very, very careful. If you want to reach us, we have a lot of ways to reach us on this show, uh, most common. The preferred, really, although limited in terms of our capacity to accept audio phone calls, just the old-fashioned telephone, 877-960-9960. Please write the number down. If you haven't got a question, you will, I promise, if you listen to the show for a few minutes. 877-960-9960. We see that phone number light up. Nancy Stewart, my co-host over here. We'll say, okay, boys, we got a phone call, and we prioritize phone calls. Text 772-497-6530. Stu's over there, backlogging text, my son, <laughs> and uh, he's right on top of it. We'll get to all your texts probably by the end of the show, but we'll, we'll stockpile them in case we have a lot of phone calls. YouTube, we're on YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. There's the YouTube man to my right, Rick Kearney. If you have a mechanical or a computer or a maintenance or repair question and you send it YouTube, it goes right to you. Rick, he sees it right away. See, that gives him a chance in case he doesn't know the answer to Google it, then pretend like he knew the answer. Don't, I'm only you're kidding. You're giving away uh, corporate radio <laughs> secrets. Well, plus, at my age, I have memories. Oh, boy, yeah. it's gone anymore. Yeah. 
One out of 100, he doesn't know. He's 99%. So Rick will give you the answers on your maintenance and repairs, and um, the rest of us will all jump in, and Nancy and Stu and I and, and Rick on, on the buying part. Uh, I'm listening to Rick. I'm learning from Rick. Rick's learning from the salespeople. Yeah, Rick. Hey, a quick PSA. Did you see the report on Kias right now? Anyone that has a Kia, check for spe- for any open safety recalls on your car because Kias, they are being advised, park your car outside, away from your house, because they're having a big issue with them catching fire even when they're sitting still. It's an actual brake fluid leak that gets into the electrical wiring that can start a fire in the car even while it's turned off and sitting still. What years and models? Are uh, let me look up the, the yeah. full ad, full timing yeah. on that. But, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. There's 100,000 vehicles or more on this. It's been a long time since they've used the old pull it over to the side of the road. I hope they have lots of loaner cars. And uh, that's the kind of advice you'll hear on this show. But usually they have Kias to loan. Yeah, you know, Kias <laughs> to catch on fire. No. But uh, the point being uh, that... You, you have to sometimes ask for things from car dealers and manufacturers, and if you push for these things, you can get them. But if they're telling you to pull your car over the road and don't drive it, then you, they're required by law to give you something to drive, and you can push them if they don't want to offer right away. Last Rick, time I heard something like that, it was Ray LaHood in uh, 2010 yeah, yeah. said, pull your Toyota over because of this, these... Yeah. Uh, sudden, sudden acceleration, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the Kia Optima... 2013 to 2015 and the Kia Sorento 2014 to 2015. Okay, well, that up. So that's quite a few cars out there, yeah. but if you're the, driving one of those, park it. <laughs> the, the Optima and the Sorento. Yep. Okay. Breaking news from Rick Kearney on Kias. So um, let's, uh, let's uh, talk about the female callers and uh, talk about the, the great job that Nancy Stewart has been doing over the many years that we've been doing this show to increase our female audience. And it adds a whole new dimension to the show. Uh, I, I find female callers to be more candid, uh, to be more honest about their questions. Uh, you know, I, I ask guys, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a guy thing. You know, we don't like to ask directions. Uh, we don't like to ask questions about things that men macho are supposed to know about, you know, fixing cars and maintaining and buying. You know, we guys, we got all the answers. And that's the reason we get taken advantage of, because we think we have all the answers, but we don't. The women are more honest about it. And that's the reason we love what Nancy's done to create a female audience for the show, because a lot of you ladies will call and ask a question that the guy which is too proud to ask. And he's glad that you asked the question, but he just didn't want to admit it. Go into a car dealership or an independent repair shop, and they tell you you need this, this, and this, you say, why? And then they say, because of this, then you say, why again? There's an old Japanese, what is that, the five whys, it's a Japanese cultural thing. When you ask a question and you get an answer, you keep asking why, and then you get to the core truth of the whole matter. So, ladies, I'm going to uh, let you listen to Nancy Stewart here, my co-host. She has a very special offer because we need more and more of you ladies calling the show. Thank you. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome. 
and I want to take a moment to thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. You are an important part of the show. Uh, ladies, uh, did you know that uh, women influence 85% of overall buying, the buying decision? And uh, you are in a very important part of the auto industry financially. And uh, for these auto dealers who uh, don't recognize that, well, it certainly is a disaster for them. So uh, with that said, uh, I thank you uh, for tuning in. And uh, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call. Uh, share with us your uh, purchasing or servicing experience. Uh, and. Uh, it's very important that uh, that you call the show and be part of the show. As I said, you're an important part of the auto industry. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And you can take advantage of www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, we're, we're going to get some texts and some anonymous feedbacks. I, I need to mention the uh, URL for um, an ability that we afford all of our listeners and watchers that no other show I know of offers total anonymity. Uh, anonymous anonymity. Got it right that time. Um, where else can you call a show? or contact a show or communicate with a radio show and be, have, be totally anonymous. Uh, exactly. I guess we have a caller. I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, Mike is calling us for the first time from Lake Worth. Wow. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I've uh, been listening to your show for oh, probably the, the last year, and uh, I've gotten good information, and I was a little shocked this morning when uh, you said that uh, this is not a good time to buy a car. And uh, I just I just bought one. <laughs> well, I don't know if I made a good move or not. But if you needed the car, Mike, uh, you, you buy a car. Cars are important, and, and and if you if you listen to the show for a year, you probably did a good job and buying at the best price you could. My admonition at the beginning of the show was to be careless today is to really really uh, take a bigger chance than ever before because of the. Uh, lack of supply and the high demand and the high prices. Yeah. So, but if you have to buy a car, you have to buy a car. And uh, my guess is you made a good buy. Well, thanks to your your show, I uh, I've learned a lot about where to go and where not to go. So mm -hmm. I uh, I took heed, and my wife and I went, and we knew what we wanted. And uh, <clears throat> I was surprised. I, I I haven't bought a new car in a while, just simply because I hate dealing with uh, car salesmen. Sure. I mean, I, I'm not all, but, and we went to a, a dealership on Wednesday, and uh, we went to look, and two and a half hours later, we walked out of there with a car. It was a, a pleasant experience. Um, the people I dealt with, the salespeople and the, the credit guys and the whole thing were, were, were very good, and I even, I met the uh, owner of the dealership and his wife, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, and, uh, it was a Toyota dealer up in the north end, Earl Stewart, where I bought my car. I was catching on about, a, about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I've heard of them. <laughs> well, you know, I was, uh, 
I was not um, ready for. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the salesman I had, I, I can't remember his name, but he was a, a big gentleman, um, I believe of Haitian descent. He, he had a bit of an accent and a real, real good guy. And then the fellow that took care of the uh, the other end of it, he was great. Uh, didn't try to upsell me on anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he did show me a couple of things that he said, you take it or leave it. Good idea, though. And that was the extended warranty thing in the uh the uh, gap insurance so i did i did get that but uh walked out of there with a couple of extras and below my monthly payment that i had um we, my wife and i had zeroed in on what we could do mm-hmm. and um uh, i was again i was waiting for the other shoe to drop you know i <laughs> I, I it was like uh, it was a very pleasant experience which i have not had much of that in the past dealing with you know like <clears throat> when you send your your agent thunder out i uh <laughs> come back you have been listening to the show for a while <laughs> okay. agent thunder yeah i did have to mention to your people there a couple of times don't make me call it agent thunder in here <laughs> <laughs> they, they all know well no, they don't know is uh no they don't know the code name yeah, right. yeah. yeah. but uh I, I i actually met you and your wife um it was uh, around noontime, and uh, you had the, the the dog that you had there for the, oh, yeah. the doggy bag. And uh, but anyway, I wanted to pass that along to you. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad you didn't listen to the show uh, a month ago. You might not have come in and bought the car, but uh, you, if you need a car, you buy a car, and you're a prepared guy. I mean, you've been through the the Earl Sterling Cars uh, uh, postgraduate course, and uh, I'm I'm sure you uh, you got the right deal and. Uh, it's uh, we. I, I'll tell you the truth, just to be totally transparent, honest. We probably charge you more for the car today than we would have a year ago, uh, because of the fact of the supply and demand. I don't criticize sales uh, car dealers or any businessman for charging more when the supply is low and the demand is high. That's capitalism. That's that's a free enterprise system. Uh, where I cr- criticize car dealers and other business people is for concealing the true price and tricking customers into paying more than they realize they're paying. But uh, when you can shop and compare, as you did, Mike, and do your homework, and you buy a car and you're happy with the experience, then that's a free enterprise system. Uh, had you waited uh, six months, you'd have probably got a better price. But you're going to have the use of that car and the enjoyment of that car for six months. So thank you very much, and thanks for the call. The best part of it is my wife is very happy with the car, so Great. it makes my life easier. Very right, important. Very important. Mike, before you go, uh, I'm sure yeah. you're very impressed with not only Agent Thunder, but uh, – our mystery shopper that does a fabulous job and she is uh agent lightning so uh right i I, couldn't think of her name i wanted to mention her and uh it definitely was a pleasure seeing you on wednesday and uh, i thank you for your call and uh, kudos to your wife i'm glad she's enjoying her ride all righty thank you very much bye-bye you're quite welcome 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget www.euroanonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, let's get to some uh, text, anonymous feedbacks, or whatever we got in the hopper. As is tradition, we'll start off with Anne-Marie's text. 
Emery says, good morning. If anyone is interested in the history of cars, there's a new two-part documentary coming up on TV. It's called The Cars That Built the World, and it will premiere on the History Channel on Sunday, May 23rd. That's tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And then the second installment will be on Monday, May 24th hmm. uh, uh, at 9 p.m. Cool. Road and Track Editor is another automotive journalist or featured. The documentary reportedly includes tales of intrigue, racing grudges, rivalries, engineering breakthroughs, and little-known tales like the story of how Sochiro Honda got his start working for Toyota. This documentary sounds interesting, so I thought I'd mention it. It sounds mm. very interesting, and I'm going to schedule my DVR. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. That's tomorrow at 9 o'clock and Monday at 9 o'clock yeah. uh, on the wow, History thanks, Channel. Thanks, Anne-Marie. There are some very amazing cool. cars. My, I, I had the benefit my father was born in 1892, and so I was back before there were really any cars. And uh, he kind of he came up. Uh, through the whole car revolution, yeah. evolution and revolution. And he told me about uh, the cars that he drove as, as a young man. And the car that impressed him more than anything else was a Stanley Steamer. And he said it was almost the perfect car because it had incredible power and uh, acceleration, high speed. Uh, it held the world land speed record for a long, long time. But a steam engine, you know, we look at it now as archaic back in the day it was it was and think about it, it no pollution been, right? except from the coal that was eating the water <laughs> <That's>, but, <laughs> except for the coal <laughs> but um i mean imagine that being refined over a century with computers yeah. we could very well have very sophisticated steam engine cars that yeah. we wouldn't think it was weird yeah you know maybe the coal thing <laughs> exactly it's almost like to to the, the steam engine car was like what the electric car will be to us now I mean, it'll be a total revolution. So, steam engine, long, long, long way. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> uh, we are going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Robin, who is a first-time caller. Cool. From Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Great. Doing great. Very well. Excellent. I just had a question about an old van. Okay. It. It. it, it it's weird because it it starts all the time and and unless it rains and then it will not start <laughs> until it dries and then it, and when it dries up again it, it starts i don't know if it's going into the engine or what's, what's happening uh what what's the year make and model well it's pretty old it's a 1990 1999 tmc chevrolet okay so it's a, a like a full-size conversion van Yes. Okay. Uh, my first thought, if, if you're getting an issue where it doesn't run in the rain, obviously you sounds like you got a water leak getting into the wiring harness and shorting something out. Um, the wire, wiring harness? Yeah. It's, you, there would have to be some, some spot where water is actually getting into the electrical system, and it's, it's causing a short that's shutting down a relay or something that's not letting the van run. Uh, basically, oh. the the way to start a mechanic would have to actually get the car in, have it running, and uh-huh. kind of simulate rain. Start running some water on different places. Put it in the car wash and see. Well, actually, you'd need to do it when you could have the hood up and watching it to see where the water suddenly hit that made it stop running, and then that would give you your indicator of what you're looking for, where you where you need to look. But that's oh. uh, yeah, that sounds like a water leak into into an electrical system. Because right. then once oh. it dries out, 
then of course the that short short circuit goes away and it can run again. Robin, how long after it stops because it got wet uh, can you start it again? Pretty much, if the sun comes out, it it, it will start about uh, an hour and a half later. Yeah, two hours later it, when it dries. Sounds like evaporation uh, save the day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you need to take it in and have a get a, get a, a quotation ahead of time, Robin. Wherever you take the car and say, "Here's my problem, and I need a diagnosis on this. We think it's an electrical short. How much will you charge me to diagnose the problem before you fix it?" Uh, hopefully, they won't charge you anything, but there is time involved, and you need to get a number put on it because sometimes diagnosing can be a very lengthy process. Oh, and then it can get up there in price. You think? Or yeah. Is it a, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Just okay, as long as you know it. Don't be surprised because they have your car, and when they tell you that's the charge and you haven't asked for a quote, then you're obligated. So always ask up front. Always ask up front. Okay, good. Thank you so much. I appreciate hey. it. Otherwise, it runs beautifully. Does it? <laughs> oh, Robin, this is. As old as it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's up there. Robin, uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, you know, that sounds like a pretty serious situation. Does that happen uh, uh, when you're on the road and it's, say, it's raining? Does, does yes, it if, if I'm out and I'm, and I'm if, if you're already, if it's already running, then it doesn't happen if you're driving. But if, it, if you're parked and you're at a Walmart or somewhere, and then it will, then it, then it happens. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I hope we've uh, answered your question. And, uh, uh, Robin, I want to thank you uh, for being the first female caller this morning. Uh, you play a very important part in uh, this show, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, that $50 will be out to you once you contact me. Have a wonderful oh, thank day. Thank you so much. And you, too, and I love your show, and I, I love all your voices. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. Okay. okay, folks, don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Take advantage of that. Where else can you go and hear a show like this where we answer all your questions? And guess what? It's free. <laughs> if it's free, it's for me. Don't forget YouTube. I see Rick over here. He's got no sign-up, so uh, YouTube's. We'll go back. Okay. To go right to Rick. All right. Uh, we can jump over to, to um, Brian in California. <clears throat> He's going to update us on the Mustang situation that he had. Uh, it says, uh, um, I have a really bad transmission. Uh, oh, well, hold on a second. Just an update. A few weeks ago, I told you about I had a really bad transmission wine in my 2018 Mustang GT. It started a month ago, but only in thir first through third gear. Uh, this transmission has a class action lawsuit against it. So as you may recall, I got horrible treatment from one dealer. You guys recommend I try another Ford dealer better experience there. Instead of completely blowing me off, they told me they opened up a claim with Ford's warranty department, and here we are a month later with no resolution. I get an update um, about once a week from them with, uh, with a new excuse for nothing happening. At least you're getting updated. <laughs> I recently had a talk with the service director from the first dealer and went back there this past Monday for further diagnosis. I go in, and they have the same lead master tech or hard lines mechanic riding the car has been with me before. He sits there stone-cold faced in the passenger seat for 10 minutes as I make the transmission scream and whine. He won't say a word until I pull into the dealership. He then says, I've been in this car several times and I'm telling you once again, everything is normal. You need to trust me since, and, and since you don't, I, re I recommend you go somewhere else. 
How's that for service? Uh, this car has had four trips to a Ford service dealer for that, this issue, and not once has the car been taken back to be put on a lift, hooked up to a scan tool, nothing. Only a quick test drive. Dealer number one says it's normal. Dealer says it's two, it's not normal at all. I hate when a company won't stand behind their product. In reality, these calls, cars get their manual transmission swapped out all the time due to a high failure rate. I'm sure mine is broken, but the service department are probably just told to let it go until the car won't operate at all. Or you fall out of warranties that the customer pays 100% for it, whatever comes first. You know, Brian, uh, what I would recommend, I uh, hope you're listening, uh, when you, you know, we have two dealers, and that's uh, really disappointing. Uh, don't can't, can't agree with each other, and you've also uh, contacted uh, Ford. Uh, I, th I think you should uh, file a Lemon Law complaint. I think you're still in the warranty uh, on that Mustang 2018, and uh, uh, not that you're going to get your money back to your satisfaction, because under Lemon Law you get prorated, so they're going to charge you uh, for the refund that you get if you win the case. Uh, against the amount of time you've used that Mustang, but it does get the everybody's attention, and uh, and and it seems to me now Ford just hasn't somebody has, needs to slap them in the face and say, look, we have a customer out here, we've admitted the problem, and my dealers can't fix it, so get their attention. Uh, maybe you fire a, a shot across their bow with, I don't want to file a lemon law, Tim, but you leave me no choice, Rick. Uh, am, am I right in my belief that if you file the Lemon Law, are they given one more chance to fix it? And maybe that would be their their yeah. their impetus yeah. to yeah. get a new transmission in that car that will correct that issue. Exactly. Yes. So, so I guess their attention and the lawyers from Ford have to get involved. Yeah. At that and the point, lawyer you stop talking from, to the dealer. Yeah, the dealer can't talk to you about They're it. They're not going to talk to the dealer anymore. It's a last it's a it's a last resort to file Lemon Law. Um, and, and before you file it, threaten. Because once you file it, as Stu said, it's the incommunicado. The, the dealer won't talk to you, and neither will the manufacturer. They'll only deal through their representatives, which is awkward. So, but threaten. Fire a shot across the bow. I will file the lemon law unless you get me satisfaction on this admitted problem you have with the Ford Mustang. You have two Mustang, you have two Ford dealers that are disagreeing with each other, and, and I'm caught in the middle. Let them answer that one, and then fire the shot if you have to. Good Next. advice. Okay. I hope Brian's up. It's 5 o'clock at 5.30 there. <laughs> wow, he's pretty sharp. Okay, folks, we're going back to the phones, and we're going to talk to John from Palm City. He's definitely a regular caller, and we appreciate him because he's always got so much information for us. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I have a question for Rick and uh, probably a little automotive history. I recently drove, and what an experience, a turbocharged 2021. Uh, can Rick explain when we grew up, Earl and I, superchargers were expensive, but cars were supercharged, not turbocharged. Can, can Rick explain the difference between supercharge and turbocharge? Good question. Of Absolutely. <laughs> a turbocharger is a device that is connected to the car in such a way that the exhaust is run through one side on a propeller. That spins another side for the impeller that forces extra air into the engine so that it gets more air in the engine and the engine can run faster and harder. A supercharger, however, is known as a, a blower, basically, and it sits on top of the engine 
and has a belt that drives that impeller system. And they look cooler. And forces air into the engine. Superchargers really look cooler, but they're not better. Well, they actually are better because turbochargers run at a much higher RPM because you're trying to, to feed it by the exhaust flow. And in the past, because they also had to be oiled by the engine oil, if the bearings started to fail in the turbocharger, it could suddenly burst and you'd lose all your engine oil. You could lose the entire engine because of it. Well, when you say they're better, uh, they're using, they're, they're recycling the engine's uh, inefficiency because they're taking, they're taking energy the, that it would normally just blow out yeah. the exhaust and uses that. So it makes the energy, the, the engine more efficient percentage-wise. Absolutely, on a so turbocharger, yes. Than a supercharger. Now, a supercharger, well, on the other hand... Now you answered it, why so many are not turbocharged. Believe it or not, this car was a three-cylinder turbocharged, brand new. Any idea what make it could be? Uh, three-cylinder three turbocharger, three-cylinder. Um, trying to think. I, I, mini, mini Cooper. Oh, uh, the Cooper. I almost said Fiat. That would have been close. The highest grade <laughs> of gas, not the middle grade. Yep. The 90, 93. Well, here's so, here's a little tidbit for you, John. But the car was a real performer, and I'll tell you what, going nostalgia, I remember when it came out in the 80s, I drove at a Buick dealer, and it was one of the hottest cars probably ever built and the fastest. It was a Buick Regal. Regal. It was a GNX. It was a turbocharged six-cylinder. It yep. was in the mid-80s it came out. It would beat any car on the road, including a Corvette. That was the Grand National. Know, Right, Grand yep. National. That's exactly it. Well, here's it had a turbocharger in it. But Earl and I grew up in an era, the year we were born, there were multi-cylinder cars. They really meant nothing. I mean, that year, 1940, Cadillac built the last V16 engine. Because <laughs> yep. from the 30s on, they built an 8, V8, V12, and V16. But it was mostly prestige. Because as far as going fast or anything, I never drove one. But, I mean, they were over 5,000 pounds. Yeah, Jag Jaguar had a, a multi-cylinder car. I V12. Think. Yeah. Someone yeah, still does. Well, that was in the Type E. V12 for many years. It started with Marmon, and there was many others. But, I mean, it, it phased out because it was nothing. But the reason I mentioned the era that Earl and I grew up in, especially in the 50s, when they came out with fuel injection, multi-carburetors, and Cadillac even was a leader, not only with the 12 and the 16 cylinders, uh, Cadillac was uh, in, in 1970. They came out with a 500 cubic inch engine, <laughs> which lasted for six oh, years. Yeah. It was nothing but a gas burner. Oh, man. And then everybody rushed out in 76 yeah. because Cadillac says, I'm not going to build any more convertibles. And they rushed out and paid above list for 14,000 of them. <laughs> but it was a 500 cubic inch engine. And my mm. friend had one, and I used to use it. It was nothing but a gas burner and a lead sled. Was you eight, <laughs> eight, eight miles a gallon? Eight, eight or nine miles of the gallon, to the gallon? If you're lucky. Sounds like Earl remembers it very well. Get a few Pontiacs like that. Buying this stupid yeah. thing. Dual four-barrel carburetors. Mm. What? Hey, John. What I want to say was, how improved today? Tesla has a model, just came out. It'll beat any car, any gasoline engine. It's I got mine on order, John. I got mine in the parking lot. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I stopped in this week. I always like a kid in a candy store. They have them. They yeah. have them. 
in the second floor and also and now in the first on the main floor in PGA Bob Palm Beach Gardens mm -hmm. and they're selling them let me tell you something and guess what the conversation was <laughs> they were talking the salesman over there was talking about how World Stewart owns one ah. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the limelight with that car but wait, wait till they see my next wait till they see my next blog John I'm gonna expose Elon Musk for charging dealer fees they, ch oh, yeah. they charged me eleven hundred dollar dealer fee <laughs> A uh, hidden fee on the Tesla. So, Mr. Clean, you know, know. Mr. Nice Guy, he's a, yeah. Real quick, just when you're pricing out of these Teslas, when you look at the bottom line price, it includes your estimated gas savings. But then there's an asterisk. That's not really the, the lowered price. You're actually paying higher. But, you know, it's the car business. Yeah. Hey, John, here's, here's a little tidbit for you. Starting next year, Toyota's phasing out the V8s and going to a turbo, turbo. V6 yeah. in their Tundras. That's right, this year, later this wow. year. Wow. That's very interesting. But I'll tell you what, I was very impressed with this Mini Cooper. I mean, really, for three cylinders. Wow, what performance. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. How we came such a long way. So yeah. it's the even numbers for cylinders. It's weird to hear a three-cylinder. It is. Yeah. I agree with you. But now we're really topping it off with the electric. Oh, yeah. Hey, John. Yes. I have something to share with you. You know, my dad didn't care what it cost to run that car that you spoke about. And I was part of that era, and I loved being a passenger in the 40s and in the 50s. There was nothing like it. You were a very small passenger in the 40s. I was indeed. <laughs> She's still a small passenger. <laughs> well, Earl Thank you, Steve. We went through the area with my six-cylinder Chevrolet. I put Fenton headers on it, dual exhaust, Smitty mufflers. Earl's been through that era. Oh, man. Same thing. Make them go a little faster, and for what? And my dad wouldn't drive anything but a Cadillac. Four the, on the floor, the bigger, twin carbs, 4.5 rear end, hmm, positive <laughs> traction, 0 to 60 in 5.9 seconds. Hey, here's These are all things I heard in movies. Here, here, here's a walk down memory lane. Uh, what, were the, um, what were the things called uh, on the side of the car where you could, uh, you stepped Fender on? Fender skirts. Hmm? Running boards. The running boards. The running board. My dad used to put me on the running board, and he'd speed away. To punish you? And I loved oh. it. <laughs> That's funny. He used to push her out of the car, and she'd hang on to the running oh, board. Oh, no. I was pretty aggressive back then, too. So I just Go held on, and I said, hit the gas. <laughs> well, John, thanks for that trip to uh, yesteryear. I wish you were beating everything now with the electric. Yeah. Everybody's getting on board, John. Absolutely. Okay. No it's like the vaccine. It. Yes. Thank you right. so much, John. We love hearing from okay. you. Okay. You guys, I'm waiting for the shopping report. Oh, it's going to be up. a doozy. Better sit down for this one. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we are going to go back to Stu. Sure. Okay, this comes from Dennis. Um, says it's regarding service records and buying a car. I have a several decade history of having service done at a particular dealer, several thousand dollars. Does this provide any leverage in negotiating, negotiating a deal with the new vehicle? Should a dealer consider this? Like I said, that's from Dennis. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, service records are great. Uh, full disclosure transparency when they're selling a new car or buying a, I mean, a used car. And uh, yeah, service records, uh, talk to the owner. If you can talk to the original owner, 
uh, just establish a rapport with them. What a great way to find out what's going on. The reason I, I a lot of times think people should uh, exercise their option to purchase their lease is because you know that car. You drove that car like it was yours, and you took care of it. And Or if you didn't take care of it, you know you didn't take care of it. Nice to know. Uh, what you're buying and that's what uh, service records are. yeah and also just your long history with the dealership every dealer has a computer system that will they can pull your name up and it'll give them an, an instant customer value now that's kind of a silly thing uh you know when they're weighing whether they get a deal but if you can show they'll see how much money you spent there they'll consider you quote unquote a good customer yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and maybe give you a break but you got to bring it up and talk about it another reason to think about keeping your old car uh, instead of trading, I mean, particularly today when prices are sky high, you got a car, maybe it's got 150,000 miles on it, and somebody says, you need a car, you got over 100,000 miles. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Rick Kearney has a car probably with 200,000 miles on it. Every time I talk to him, whatever he's driving, he's got a huge amount of miles on it. And if you take care of your car, they last forever yeah, today. Maybe, maybe get an equity line of credit on your car with all the equity everybody yeah, keep, has. <laughs> keep the car. You took care of it because you know out. you took care of it. And you drive it for another year. Prices come down and you want that shiny new car, go buy it. But you get a much better deal a year from now than you will today. You know, I don't think I've ever met anyone like Rick who takes care of their vehicle like he does. No, I'm, it's really cool. I like I, to. I mean, it's I amazing. love to look at your cars and trucks. Right, right now my pickup's only at one hundred and thirty-five thousand miles. Oh, well, well. but oh. I'll come back to it. Come back to me in right. another year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are going to go back to the phones and uh, we're going to talk to Nick, who's calling us from Boston. Good morning. Good morning, Earl, Nancy, Stuart, and Rick. Listen, I actually have two things today. So the oh, first good. thing I wanted to share was um, the uh, I, I, I have seen here in the Boston area, there is a Toyota dealership called Atlantic Toyota, which is in Lynn, Massachusetts, that is offering $100 for somebody to ground return a leased vehicle mm -hmm. and um i just found that you know i as a sign of the times right with the, the shortage and all but it just to me seemed like well obviously they want to then retail the unit but in normal times if somebody returns a ground unit that imposes an admin cost on the dealership that's doing it that they have to process the return hold the car until you know, TFS comes and picks it up if they elect not to buy it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just, I, I just, just figured I'd share given all the. Well, Nick, that's that's TV. a very good observation. Something everyone will be interested in. Uh, uh, Stu uh, was, you know, he was smiling at me because we're also offering incentive yeah. to have people bring their lease cars back into the dealership because, as you say, the shortage of used cars, car dealers always used to use that as a ruse as a trick uh, i need your used car and i need your used cars kind of like crying wolf for now the you first don't believe time them. for the first yeah. time they're telling yeah. the truth and <laughs> now they're telling the truth uh, the car dealers do need your used car but they hope you don't know how much your used car is worth and that is a danger because yes uh, they'll you know they'll they'll pay you a hundred dollars to bring your uh, lease return in and return to them but they might not know that they can exercise their option to buy the car. Uh, if they don't exercise the option, then you have the op the dealer has the opportunity to take the car in below market. 
It's true. And, and, and regarding what you said about the, the cost of having a via, uh, lease returns being taken to the, grounded at the dealerships, I never really understood why other dealerships turn a lease uh, least end customers away. We always encouraged it. I mean, dealerships also spend a ton of money just to get people to come into their showroom. And then to have somebody who's at the end of their lease who needs a new car to come in their showroom, it was called, we always thought it was a good thing, so we encouraged it. Well, salespeople might not like it because yeah. maybe they have to take some time with them. Yeah. All they want to do is return the lease yeah. card. And most dealerships, we have a, yeah. a, a, a person who, who handles that, so it, it doesn't really impose that cost but it does benefit in the long run we we started doing last week offering hundred dollar uh, amazon gift cards uh, for people to return their leases because we want we want first crack at trying to buy that car from the leasing company exactly what i lease in january you know or january after the season and then i can return it in late december a few days before the end of the year so that if i'm in possession of the car january 1st i won't have to pay you know, personal property tax uh, on it for that year. So I have mm-hmm. about three, you know, three years or, or 35 and a half months use of the car and then just return it and then, you know, coexist on one of my other cars and then go out and shop for yeah. shop for a new lease in, uh, you know, in January. And then the other thing you can do, and I think I called a little while ago about this, is that, you know, you can go and have it appraised. I've done that several times and pocketed equity and gotten out early so and avoided the lease and charge yeah it's uh, time to be careful with that lease return and you're doing exactly the right thing and uh, just be aware of the market value compared to the residual when you make that final decision and the dealers love uh, those cars we're so short of used and new cars all dealers are looking for ways to uh, get more used cars in I do have one question for Rick Turney this week, also, if that's okay. Um, my mom took her 2016 Prius with about 27,000 miles on it. She's not drive very much. It's a Ford Touring model in. Um, they are saying that she needs a hybrid throttle body cleaning and fuel injection service. That was at a, a reputable Toyota dealer. And then they're also recommending for the AC a fresh and clean disinfectant service, which is $139.95. And they're saying that also includes a cabin air filter cleaning. Does Rick, I mean, the car is otherwise in very good condition. Um, this is the first time this dealership's ever, ever said that anything needs to be done to it. Um, just curious from Rick, having you know worked on it any pre I over the years on the, the merits of having either of these uh, on the cars that don't get driven a whole lot of miles the injector flush and the induction service can help to remove some of the carbon buildup in the engine but it actually there's there's actually another way that you can actually make that occur and that's basically just take the car out and go for a good long like an hour to an hour and a half drive and that gives the engine a chance to really get up to operating temperature and help work that carbon out. If you're not really seeing any any drivability issues, I wouldn't be too concerned about doing it. Um, the AC refresh is more of a thing for here in South Florida where we get so much humidity and air conditioners to, can start to get a little bit of a musty smell. 
that sometimes, you know, if, if you have that, then I'd recommend try the refresh. Is but otherwise, a, it's not owner? a really needed thing. Is it in the owner's manual? No, it isn't. Okay, so the simple answer, the short answer, uh, Nick, is if it's not in your previous owner's manual, don't have it done. It's most likely a way for the dealer to make money. And you can rationalize it. You can justify it. Uh, uh, Rick was justifying it. Uh, it can be needed. Uh, but... A rule of thumb that will never get you in trouble, if you're having no symptoms or drivability problems, only do what the owner's manual recommends, nothing yep. more. <clears throat> okay, because, yeah, they, they, you know, th those were the two things that the service advisor had called out to her. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing on the report, like they, they generate a whole, um, I don't know if it's from Fiato or whatever they're using the service drive but they're also saying replace inverter coolant for 109.95 that's due at 100,000 miles oh okay i think we i think we can pass on that one <laughs> yeah you know, uh, Nick, I'm like you. I don't. I've never read an owner's manual in my life, and I feel kind of like the hypocrite up here telling people to read their owner's manual. I'm if, laughing. <laughs> even if you don't read the owner's manual, you could. You can certainly look for the recommended uh, maintenance, and that's not that long. Believe me, that's the problem the dealers are having. Is the recommended owner's maintenance is so little that you'll have a hard time finding it in the owner's manual because it's only a few words. Yeah. And that's the reason they're telling you to have stuff done that you don't need because they're starving to death. The cars are too good today. Maintenance requirements are too small. You want to hear something cool? Sure. The uh, Tesla owner's manual is in the screen. Anything you want to look up, you just search. Amazing. <laughs> wow. All righty. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Nick. Call again soon, and uh, you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe out there, and have a uh, great upcoming Father's Day to all the dads on the show. And I uh, hope uh, you had a good, good Mother's Day, uh, uh, Nancy. Thanks, Nick. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. Give us a call again. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to mention uh, real quick uh, Earl's latest column from the Hometown News. Uh, which is uh, definitely uh, apropos for the uh, times that we're in. And uh, used car prices soar at an all-time high. Wholesale prices, hang on to your hats, up 54.3%. Amazing. If you want to read that article, uh, you can go to Earl on Cars and you can pull that up just like so many of his other columns and uh, you can uh, also pick up the hometown news and read that column uh, i'm going to go to uh, well 877-960-9960 if you want to reach us and you can also text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, as i said before don't forget uh, www youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go to Buffalo, New York, and we're going to talk to Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Oops. Good morning, team. Good morning. I love your energy today. <laughs> Thanks. And I would say synergy, but I can't spell synergy. <laughs> Listen, I have a similar question to the uh, gentleman with the Ford Mustang. Uh, my friend, my wife's friend has a BMW, and it's got a check engine light on a long time and i've called before on this and um the dealer's not really responding very well and in new york state if you have a check engine light on you can't pass the annual inspection 
basis for the emission issue. Now we're dealing with corporate, but corporate isn't moving very well either on this issue. And the car's still in the shop for two months now, and they can't seem to find a problem. I, again, listening to the Ford Mustang gentleman, you say maybe scream yell, uh, lemon law. I don't want to get confrontational with them, but maybe it's time to become a barracuda and try to get something done here. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, Kevin, you know, the, what I said earlier to uh, the fellow from California is rather than actually file a lemon law complaint, um, the best thing to do sometimes is say, uh, in a pleasant manner, say, you know, I don't like confrontation and I want to do this amicably. I don't want to have to file a lemon law complaint, but I will if I have to, to get the manufacturer's attention. And, and sometimes just that, and I would put it in an email, but do it in a positive way uh, without threatening and, you know, swearing and that kind of stuff. It's always good to remain pleasant with people and get their attention. And then if, they, if that doesn't do it, then, then you file. And it, it costs you nothing. I mean, uh, uh, you, don't, you don't even have to have an attorney to file a lemon law complaint, but uh, the threat usually is enough. So what happens with the lemon law filing? Does it make the, the, the manufacturer look bad, or does it create an issue for them? Yeah, it makes the manufacturer. They all manufacturers have the statistics. They they watch and they have objectives and benchmarks. And nobody, no manufacturer likes to have it. Once the complaint is filed, then um, it's on the record, and uh, they have no choice but to address it. But because it's a legal issue. All manufacturers and dealers are, their attorneys advise them, no more conversation directly with your customer. So when you file, actually file, the dealer uh, will not discuss the repair with you anymore, and the manufacturer won't. They will say, bring the car in, and then you do it, and they fix it, and that's it, or they can't fix it. And, but there's no communication anymore. And, and you know, it's a, it comes at a cost to both you and the, uh, and, the, and the manufacturer. The manufacturer doesn't want to buy it back, mm -hmm. um, but they will if you're successful. But they're not going to buy it. You're not going to get paid what you paid for it. You know, they're going to factor in the use of the vehicle, so it would be an appreciated value. But they still don't want to come out of pocket for that either. Would it, because of the times right now that the uh, used car market is very, very high, would it be an appreciated value at this time? Hmm. I don't. I don't know what they use to calculate the value. I, I would doubt it. I don't think that you would get it. They would probably. Maybe there's a, a formula they use, a mileage thing that they use. I don't think they're going to use. I, I could be wrong. Yeah, they, they, the pro rata that they use in Florida, and every state has a different uh, lemon law slightly, but in Florida, uh, they don't look at the market value of the vehicle. They look at the pro rata based on usage. So uh, they have a formula that is acceptable to the state. And they say they have 30,000 miles. They've had the car for two years. Therefore, we're going to give you 50% of your money back. And that's that's written in the law. It has nothing to do with the market. So shortage of used cars wouldn't help you. Okay. Thank you. And another question. The advantage or disadvantage of having a turbocharger on your car? Turbocharger. On modern engines, it's actually getting to be a big advantage because it improves your fuel economy. It also makes the car more efficient with a smaller engine and therefore makes the car lighter. Uh, just basically, it's a, it's a much better system because they've really worked out the kinks on the new turbos. 
is there a, a history of uh, breakdowns with them, or they've been proved on that too? In the past, way back, there was there were issues with turbos, but they've they've worked them out. They're getting their the quality now is much much better. All righty, thank you, and have a great breakfast, team. All right, thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks so much, Kevin. We How love hearing Kevin, yeah. from Buffalo, New York. Yes. Okay, back to Stu. Okie dokie. Uh, we have a text here. I get listening to the conversation you're describing with the, uh, the, the buying styles of men versus women. Uh, it says, you hit the nail on the head, Earl. My boyfriend was more concerned with me believing he was controlling the car buying situa- situation than in actually getting the best deal. In three car purchases I was involved in, he overpaid, got taken in by all the finance BS, and overpaid for warranties and paint sealant. Mm-hmm. Every time he acted like he won. We're not together anymore. <laughs> that's, that's from Jackie in North Palm Beach. Ouch. I am visual. I just I, pictured that. Part of my confessions, of, I'm a, I confess as a recovering car dealer, I confess as a recovering man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at life a little differently. And we men, we got all the answers. You know, you, it's, yeah. a, it's a mantra thing. Relax, honey. I got um, this. I mean, every, yeah. I, every time, uh, yeah, a mechanic yeah. uh, explains something to me, I say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh. And I used to, I mean, just pretend, because if I had to ask a question, that was a sign of weakness. So we're afraid of being, uh, we're yeah. afraid, yeah. I, I, I'm a victim. I'm, I'm an enlightened guy, but yeah. I, don't, I don't ask for, for directions. I still regress, though. Well, I, I, well, now with Apple Maps, I, that's saved my life. But okay, i got to interrupt you guys. <laughs> well, first of all, to Stu, wow, what an en- enlightening. I, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. He asks for directions. No, 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 yeah. I, I don't. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how good Stu is no. on directions. Oh, okay. He got lost the other day taking me to lunch. So. <laughs> and, and wait, okay, in I the misunderstood. Lot. Wait, that's true. Hey, Jackie. In the parking lot. Has yes. your, yeah. has your uh, ex-boyfriend, has he ever asked for directions? That's a rhetoric. I guarantee you. That's, that's rhetoric. Jackie's okay, boyfriend okay. Let's, let's did not ask I understand completely. We can't move on. I have to take and attack this topic because men... It's apples and oranges, and it's an unbelievable situation in the 21st century. And this is what this hey, is listen, how guys roll. We confessed, and you're beating us down now. And it, this is going to stop. Are you asking me to put away my baseball bat? Yes, please. Oh, please. Okay, ladies, <laughs> I have fifty dollars right here. Fifty dollars for one more female caller. Take advantage. You want to attack this topic that my well boss shut me down on Hmm. come on give us a call i can't wait my palms are sweating i got fifty dollars right here (laughs) give us a call 877-960-9960 youtube here's one from donovan lewis and i'm going to read this word for word Uh oh (laughs) oh yeah hold on folks here we go i have a large annoyance with the recovering car dealer oh Oh, boy. boy You have a 2019 Tesla Model 3 at your dealership right now for 39,988 with 33,000 miles. You can buy a better brand new one from Tesla today for $2 more, 39,990. You're doing exactly what every one of these other horrible local dealers are doing. I have seen so many people get taken advantage of buying a used Tesla for more than a new Tesla costs, and it makes no sense. 
It's not right, and it is something I would not have thought you would have done to this extent. Despite what you think of Elon, a used Tesla is never worth as much as a new one. You know, it's me. That's not true. (laughs) Let me me, uh, explain the difference between price gouging, which is what you're accusing me of, and competitive pricing and supply and demand, a free enterprise. I have always said, uh, for as long as I can recall on this show and before, that I don't begrudge car dealers charging a lot of money for a car. If they want to charge a high price for a car, I have no complaint. I have the complaint when they fool the public and the buyer into thinking they're not paying that high price. But when you have, it's always been this way with any product, including automobiles, when you have a short supply and a high demand, prices rise. Where I draw the line is lying to customers, telling them there's a low price, and then adding uh, hidden fees and dealer-installed accessories on top of the advertised promised price. Let's get to Tesla specifically. We talked about this on the show last week, I think, about how a used Tesla and some used cars today can sell for nearly the same amount, maybe even more than the new car. It's all about supply and demand. The price, a car, a product is worth what the supply and demand says it's worth. The diamonds, refrigerators, cars, uh, popcorn, everything you Plywood. Buy. Yeah. Uh, toilet paper. Mm. Uh, during the early part of the pandemic, when there was this psychological belief that the world was going to be without toilet tissue, how much would you have paid for the last available roll of toilet tissue? Uh, 20 bucks? 50? I don't know. And so, therefore, you paid what was quoted, and you paid the price that you knew it was, and you had the freedom of choice to say yes or no. So, the real price is what the market says it is with full transparency, Stu? With even more transparency, the, the Model 3 that we have for sale is a, uh, is a long range, I'm sorry, mid range, and you can buy that on Tesla right now for $48,990, uh, $10,000 more than we're asking for it, and you'll get it probably sometime at the end of the year. Yeah, and that was the other good thing. Uh, instant gratification. Uh, you will pay more for a product today I was talking before the show with Jonathan, and uh, we were talking about the price of these objects that are available to put your AirTag, your Apple AirTag, on different things. And the AirTag is a fantastic technical achievement by Apple, but they didn't come up with the right kind of attachments to put to your keys, uh, to your uh, notebook, to your iPhone, to your whatever you don't want to lose. And so somebody came up with a great idea, and I paid $8 for something that probably should have cost, cost two, two, two cents to manufacture. And I'm very happy because I have something that really works. And the price will come down in a few months, but I wanted it today. So that's my answer, supply and demand, transparency. You can't, a businessman cannot be criticized as long as he's being fully transparent with his customers. Right. And just another important point is the actual, the, the wholesale market on that vehicle is $45,000. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact of the matter is no one can, you can't price gouge if you're 
if your cost basis, what you pay for the car, is higher. If you have a normal markup on that, the cost goes up yeah. to the dealer, and that is passed along. Yeah. It doesn't mean the profit is enormous in every case. And Donovan just put another comment here that says, Tesla does not sell a mid-range anymore. That car you're selling has a range lower than a standard range plus today. Incorrect, but we'll, we don't have to have a debate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, why don't you uh, call uh, Stu after the show, and he's more familiar with the specifics, and he can discuss it with you. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely clear things up. Uh, okay. Uh, I, got, I got one more here from Sung Sam. He says, a while back, I asked about Texas property tax that they were asking him to pay on a leasing re a lease return. He says, any resolution as to why I should pay property tax on a leased car when the finance company owns the car? He says, I ended up paying to avoid legal issues, but it's unfair. Any favorable resolution for consumers like me, any lawyer or legal advice that might have called in on the show that might could comment on that? Yeah, that's a issue that can't be addressed until you know how the law in Texas is written. Uh, at first blush, I say property is something you own, and property taxes cannot apply to something that somebody else owns. And uh, that would be my first reaction. But I would also want to see the, the uh, Texas law on the way they wrote their property taxes. Uh, you know, a state can write a law any way they want to. Now, you can attack the law through the federal courts and make it unconstitutional and make the Texas change their law. But it's going to be a long road to hoe to go after a Texas law that in writing says they can uh, put property tax on a leased vehicle. So uh, I, I can see the rationale. They say, well, you didn't own it, but in the formula uh, was a three-year lease, so we're only taxing you on your ownership for three years, and therefore you are the uh, practical owner, even though not the legal owner. So uh, Texas law will determine the answer. And one last one. Charles Reeves says, what is the most reliable car manufacturer in 2021? Toyota, Honda, or Hyundai? Uh, not Hyundai. Uh, uh, Honda or Toyota, I would yeah. say. And speaking of that, here's something I, before the show's over, I, I, in the, today's automotive news, uh, headlines, Winds lift Japan's automaker, but not Nissan. Kind of a scary uh, headline automotive news. You folks out there that have Nissans, you folks out there that are thinking of buying a Nissan, uh, Nissan is in serious financial trouble, and uh, they have lost money three years in a row and during a time period when all the other manufacturers are making money hand over fist. So uh, new profit records are being set by most manufacturers Nissan is hemorrhaging cash, losing money. Be careful out there. Uh, you might end up with an Oldsmobile or a Pontiac, if you know what I mean. Uh, not, not around anymore. And it's even worse because General Motors is still around, but in this case here, if you have a Nissan, and uh, they go out of business. And we know that this is going to be the trend. There's too many manufacturers, uh, and the, it's, it's being consolidated, and Ten years from now, you will not have uh, probably more than 70% of the number of manufacturers that exist today. And Nissan probably will be the one that is not around in ten years. Just a guess. Be careful. Okay. More information, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530.
3430. And uh, just a little teaser, ladies and gentlemen. Gosh, I wish I could share with you the psychology of the cars that we buy. Wow, what a topic. I posted it on my Facebook page if you want to take a look. Uh, it is definitely worth watching. We're going to Danridge, Tennessee, where we're going to be talking to Casey. Good morning, Casey. Thanks for your patience. You bet. No problem. Uh, I've got a question for, I think it would be directed at Rick. because You guys were mentioning about him having high mileage cars. I've got two Toyotas. One is an 07 Tundra, and it's got 175,000 miles on it. And the other one is a uh, 2011 RAV4 with the V6, and it's got 150,000 miles on it. And I've never had a problem with either car. They both run like tops, even to this day. And But I'm worried about having two high-mileage cars, especially during this time where you really can't get a new one. So I wanted to get your all's opinion to find out if I have something to worry about or if I should just be thanking, <laughs> thanking God that I have two cars that are you know, maintenance-free at this point or issue-free, I should say. Well, I mean, I, I don't have a crystal ball to really tell the future, but barring a, an accident or crash or something else that you know, that comes up like that, I see no reason why either of those vehicles shouldn't go at least another 100,000 miles. And truth be told, if you if you kind of watch the roads when you're driving, you'd be amazed at how many old, old, old Toyotas are still running out there. And, and, all, and all makes. They're it, great. It isn't just Toyotas. Uh, you, you've got, uh, in my opinion, you have a more reliable vehicle than these two vehicles uh, than you would if you bought the cars, uh, cars new. Uh, it's, it's not a, it's, it's a fact of life that no two vehicles are created equal. You have two Tundras that come off the assembly line, they're different. Uh, they have different specifications, different uh, tolerances. When you manufacture a product, there's no such thing as two exactly identical vehicles. You have gotten You've got a good RAV, and you've got a good Tundra, two, two good, and you've, you've taken care of them, and they have 175 and 150,000 miles, respectively. That actually should give you more sense of uh, reliability and the fact that you have great products than if you bought the car two years ago, uh, the trucks two years ago. So, yeah, I'd, uh, you can hang on to those for another 100, 200,000 miles. Just keep doing what you're doing. Follow the owner's manual, take care of them, and, you, and you're better off. I wouldn't buy a new car today. Even think about it. Well, that uh, that really does make me feel better about the situation because you're, you guys are in the business and been around them a long time. It, it's one of those things where you see everybody have lower mileage cars and you're thinking, mm -hmm. boy, I'm, I'm in trouble here, but yeah. you're exactly right. It, you have them and you take care of them and they seem to last but yeah. you know you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop I guess. Yeah, the pe people <laughs> uh, I don't know how old you are but uh, when I was younger if I had 50,000 miles on my car I started to worry and I should and the banks didn't yeah. like to finance the cars uh, if you traded in they had over 50,000 and they started to break when they had over 50,000 and 
the world's changed, and uh, the cars today are like a, a, a fine, expensive Swiss watch compared to what we built 25 and 30 years ago. And you've got a couple of fairly late model vehicles that are really well manufactured, and you've taken care of them. So yeah, uh, don't think like you did 25, 30 years ago. Think like the way these cars are coming today, Hondas, Toyotas, General Motor products, high quality, low maintenance, low repair. Very good. I appreciate your answers. Have a great day, guys. We'll call again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Casey. And we love hearing from uh, all of you in Tennessee. Our number here is 877-960-9960. And uh, I want to mention to you uh, one of the many things that uh, the recovering car dealer has created. And uh, that is a place for senior citizens to go for online assistance. And uh, they're, uh, we're asking for volunteers for online assistance. We do have a, uh, I'll mention that in a second, uh, we do have a large, large elderly population. And uh, the uh, more of us are going to the internet uh, for that purchase. And uh, it's a safe place to go. You keep yourself protected and uh, you pay a much lower price for your vehicle. So it really makes uh, a whole lot of sense. So uh, if any of you out there are, uh, well, savvy, um, and you want to help us out, please sign up because uh, we do need volunteers for online assistance for senior car buyers. 877 960 and uh, Earl's got his hat on. And uh, the reason he has his hat on is because uh, he is looking for volunteers uh, where you can help him to kind of sort out these crooks, uh, um, putting it mildly, and it's called Earl's Vigilantes. And uh, you can uh, help people in your community. Uh, you can help a whole lot of people, more than you know, uh, because not everyone is that savvy. Uh, quite a few of us are because of all the information you've learned right here. But it's Earl's Vigilantes, and uh, you can go there and volunteer at Earl on Cars. Now back to Stu. Sure. Uh, we have a text here from Bob and Stuart. Probably a question for Rick. Good morning. My question is, is it better to use non-ethanol unleaded gas in current cars? Nope. Modern cars are totally flying. Yeah, totally fine. Excuse me. With the ethanol, uh, most stations are still at a maximum of 10% ethanol. Some of them are starting to get the 15%, but your car, you can see right on the gas cap, it will tell you whether that is safe or whether you need to keep it at 10%. And for your newest cars, you're fine. Okay, very good. And they charge an arm and a leg for that, too, so I don't... It's, you use what the owner's manual recommends and don't spend extra uh, to make your car last longer. Okie dokie. Let's jump over some anonymous feedback. We haven't heard that yet. Uh, okay, I don't know if you got... Did you guys get to this last week? Uh, it came in, it looks like, maybe right after the show. It says, I'm fed up with the games that Florida dealers play with their customers. I'm not one that supports more government and business, but we need stronger consumer laws th that are enforced and dealer fees that are capped or eliminated. And I think that you're speaking to the choir 
that's kind of what we've been screaming about for 18, 17, 18 yeah. years now. Yeah, yeah. Enforce the laws that are on the books, and uh, they don't do it. So mm -hmm. here we are. No. All right. Uh, more anonymous feedback. So if I can't wait to buy a car, I can't wait, my car was totaled, how do I manage to not get ripped off by overpaying? I read that the inventory shortages will last all year and maybe more. Go to the internet. Start right there. What do you think? Well, you're going to pay more for the car today, Bob, yes. whether you go to the internet or not. Absolutely. If you, uh, if you go to the internet, you have the best chance of getting the lowest, higher price. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you total your car, you've got no choice. I, always, I said before, if you have to buy a car, obviously you have to buy the car, you total your other car. So um, you just go buy online, uh, listen to her on cars, uh, read the blog, uh, uh, don't go car shopping alone. You will pay a higher price, but it won't be an outrageous price. Arm yourself with knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. It's the way to go. All right, more anonymous feedback. Earl, you've spoken about Carfax in the past and that the reports can be inaccurate. Uh, what do you think of the following written guarantee on the Carfax website? Quote, salvage, junk, rebuilt, fire, flood, hail, lemon, not actual mileage, exceeds mechanical limits. Guaranteed. None of these major title problems were reported by the state uh, by State Department of Motor Vehicles. If you find that any of these title problems are reported by a DMV and not included in this report, Carfax will buy this vehicle back. So I, that doesn't, yes, if they make a mistake, if a state DMV reports something to them and they fail to put it on the report, but if they didn't get the report, so when we say that there's inaccuracies on Carfax, that doesn't mean that Carfax is necessarily the person, the, the entity that screwed up. They might not just, they might not have the information. If the insurance company doesn't file the report properly or law enforcement doesn't, it won't make it onto the Carfax report. So it's the same with anything, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, but Carfax will guarantee it. I don't know why I'm defending Car Carfax. Well, the, well the, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. If the state reported it, Carfax, report. you know, they're, they're automated, and I'm sure it's just an automatic process when they have a total car or a flood car. It just happens. It goes into the data. And, and so they're giving you a guarantee where they're never going to have to pay. But as Stu says, if, in fact, uh, something happened that they weren't aware of, then that's a whole different story. Uh, we've had cars that they reported as had damage that weren't damaged. And, uh, and so it's, it, it, they're human beings and they operate the computers they use and occasionally they will make a mistake. That's right. Okay, uh, more anonymous feedback. Um, four, four, four word statement, electric cars cause cancer. Yeah, everything causes cancer. I know gasoline causes cancer. It tells you at the gas pump. Um, I don't know. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, there might be. I'm sure there are warning labels on it from California. You know, I'm sure you, you know it's, it's funny because you, know, you don't know if they're, they're joking or not. That could be just right. a, a hysterical joke. Yeah. But I mean, I well, I th or well, it could be somebody that believes it. I'll, I mean, take it I'll take it partially seriously and say uh, the fact that they're electric cars do not make them cause cancer any more than the gas car you're probably riding in right now. If you're going to get cancer from a car, it's going to be from the plastics and the solvents and the gasoline and the other crap that's in there. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think electric, electrical fields are doing it. You know, I think science has pretty much definitively demonstrated that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, we have to be able to sort things out here uh, because if you get into, which is a, the cancer uh, situation, 
Uh, gosh, you you can just uh, uh, crawl under a rock um, uh, uh, to satisfy your mind because you can really go crazy about what causes cancer. So we need to get uh, well. We need to get our facts straight. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero, and we are going back to the phones where we have Joe from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, gang. How are we today? We're, We're well, great. Thank you. Good. I uh, hope this wind starts to die down. I have a pet peeve. Uh, brought my car in. Doesn't matter make, model, gear. Doesn't matter service station, but private mechanic, high end. Bring my car in for a synthetic oil change. Get the oil change, have a coupon, but of course, it's always, well, we're going to do all the checks for you. And by the way, there's, there's 4% condensation in your brake fluid, and your air conditioning filter needs to be changed. So a $69 synthetic oil change goes to a $499 bill. Yeah, that's, that's what uh, the danger is with the car dealers. Uh, starving to death on maintenance and repairs and the uh, today's vehicles are uh, getting toward maintenance free and the electric car will be virtually maintenance free cars we have today uh, require a tenth of the maintenance that they did 25 30 years ago and so the car dealers are having to make up stuff uh, to keep their service departments viable alive and profitable and they're coming up with all sorts of persuasive arguments uh, to, to convince you to buy something you don't need. Owner's manual, stick to the owner's manual. If it's not in your owner's manual, don't have it done. Well, what's the question then on, on your, your service? In other words, uh, um, with the Mercedes, you need an X amount of miles to have your A service, and then X amount of miles your B service. Um, do you really need those prescribed services? Which, when you go to Mercedes, there, $1,800 for basically a checkup. Well, you're, you, know, you, you try not to have your Mercedes uh, maintained at a Mercedes dealer because they're used to rich guys and they, they got a lot of money and they charge a lot of money. So take, take your Chevrolet to a good independent mechanic somewhere. Uh, they have a lot of foreign car uh, technicians out there on their own and uh, check reputation, check ASC certification and have somebody besides the Mercedes dealer. I say the same thing for Cadillacs, for Infinities, for uh, Lexus. Uh, don't go to a luxury car dealer. And um, as far as uh, your maintenance, uh, owner's manual. Um, good independent mechanic, reliable. Show them the owner's manual. This is the 35,000 mile inspection. Uh, please do it. Mileage or, or, or time, it's usually whichever comes first. Well, one, one quick story related to that, Earl and Gang, is I uh, brought the car in um, for uh, its service, and it was, uh, I purchased an extended warranty service contract. So you go in there, and of course the, uh, the, uh, the service doesn't include tires. Um, the funny thing is, though, I had just put four brand new tires on the car mm. and then brought it in for the scheduled service. Mm-hmm. And they came back at me and said, oh, by the way, um, you really need tires on your car. <laughs> I had to put 
a hundred miles yet. <laughs> the little sticker was still on the rubber. Okay, hadn't even worn off yet. Yeah. And they had the gumptions to suggest that I needed tires. Yeah. These people are commissioned, and uh, they 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 get a bump. That was probably a, a spiff on tires that day. And had the sales meeting and all the service advisors get together and say, okay, 50 buck bonus on anybody that sells a set of tires today on top of your normal commission. So guess what? Everybody that comes in to that service drive needs new tires, even the ones that already have new tires. Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Earl, thank you for being a reputable dude. And, uh, thank you. And Stu and company, uh, thank you for running a great dealership. Thanks. Uh, it's nice to know that somebody's got the consumer's back. Thank you very much. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Uh, I'll tell you, some of this information still doesn't cease to amaze me. Back to Stu. All right, this was probably read last week, but I want to read it again because I agree with this anonymous feedback subbender. Rick has the greatest voice, like a wise old cartoon character. <laughs> I think, you know, my, my son is an animator, and I agree with this, and I would like to volunteer you for voiceover work. You might be in a cartoon one day. Okay. <laughs> All right. He can do it. I'm serious. You got a great, uh, you have, you have great, great voice. Um, there's there's going to come it. a point where, as an auto mechanic, I'll just be too old and broken to do it. So right. I got to have a second career. I thought phase I, too. I thought I thought I, people tell me I have a good voice. Is Rick's voice better than my voice? You're, 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 uh -oh. Yours is great as well. I'm not. I'm not making this up. Everybody in here, except for me, has a great radio voice. Oh, oh you got a good. Voice. No, you don't. You've got a great radio voice. Okay. How about Jonathan? I've never heard of Jonathan on the radio. I've heard him. And, you know behind me hey real quick um, so our service manager uh, just sent a picture um, to me um, it's a picture and I, get, I sent it to Jonathan so he can put it up on the screen so if you're watching the show you can see this it's just an illustration of how bad the inventory situation is this is at CarMax in Boynton Beach which is usually busting at the seams with cars. Wow. They, they have no cars. Wow. Well, they have some cars. I mean, I'm going to say they have no cars, but they have a tiny fraction of what they normally stock. You want to sell your car? Go to CarMax. They will pay, if you're lucky, <laughs> all the money for your car. Yeah. If you don't need the car, don't don't Wait, sell it. And, and then have to buy another like one. a commercial, yeah. don't do that. Great yeah. to us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sell that used I'm car. I'm getting desperate. <laughs> you'll get so much for it that you'll be able to make a down payment on your next home. <laughs> um, we have anonymous feedback here, a little se more serious. It says, my husband passed, and I'm worried about the Camry lease that we have. I have no use for it, but am I obligated to make the rest of the payments? There's still a year left on the, on the term. Can I just return it? The lease company is Southeast Toyota Finance. Any advice would be appreciated. Normally, my standard advice would be don't worry about it. If you're not on the lease and it was just your husband, they have no interest in, in pursuing you or your husband's estate. Um, it will go as a default on his credit and not sound crass, but that doesn't matter anymore so uh, that you could do that. But new advice in this current crazy time we are, you might be able to walk away with some cash um, by having someone, a uh, dealer um, or a private buyer, buy the, the car from the leasing company. So there's a payoff that you have, and in these crazy sh inventory shortage times, it might be worth more than your payoff. In normal times, we wouldn't say that with a year left, but you might actually walk out with a thousand, a couple of thousand or more um, uh, cash after you turn it in that could, that could help out. So that's my advice. Look today. at your residual value, and uh, that is your option to purchase it at that with a a fee of a few hundred dollars that they will probably charge you with dealer fees and 
And, uh, yeah, yes, yes, just be careful. There's still pitfalls to, yeah. to watch out for. If you want to uh, call me or email me, um, you can reach me at stew at estoyota.com, um, and I can, I can guide you through that or, or give me a call. Okay, we're going to go back to the phones we, we, where we have our uh, first female caller, and uh, she's calling from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Congratulations. You won yourself $50 this morning. Thank you very much. You're nice. welcome. What can we do for you? I have a 2000 Avalon, and my husband and I both worked for Toyota in Massachusetts for 15 years. Ooh. And it's a really nice car. We work for Two Sanction Toyota, and we have a light on in our 2000 Avalon that says DSC, and then another light that says DSC off. And we don't know what it is. Vehicle stability control. Absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, vehicle stability control is basically a, a uh, subsystem to the ABS system, the anti-lock brakes, and okay. it's what helps control your car when you're in an anti-lock brake situation. Uh, say if the car goes to into a skid or a slide, um, yes. most likely, if I had to guess, I would say there's a possibility of a wheel speed sensor or something else like that has occurred, and so it's thrown on this warning light. And the reason it says VSC off as well is it's telling you that that system, while it's detecting that problem, it is disabled. I have one. Is there a possibility that the VSC button was turned off? Because that would say the same thing, right? It would say VSC off, but it would not have the VSC warning light. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So there, there is okay. a malfunction in the system somewhere. Um, it'd have to be checked by a mechanic to find out you know, what's, what the code is and what's going on with the system. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for the call. And it's a 2000 Avalon, correct? Yes. So there's a very good chance that you're still under warranty, so you shouldn't have to worry about that. Oh, well, thank you so much. Right. Yeah. A 2000? 2000? I'm sorry. I thought you said, tw I'm thinking 2020. Oh, my God. Uh, my brain is scrambled. It's 21 years old. Yes, yes, yes. yes it's yes, old yes, enough yes, to yes, drink. Yes. yes. I pictured, okay, guys. I pictured hey, Pam, twos and zeros. on the phone here. Hey, Pam. Uh, Pam, uh, I want to thank you for calling, and uh, I'd love for you to spread the word. Uh, as you heard in the beginning of the show, I don't have time to go into all of it. We're at uh, 9.30 right now getting ready for the mystery shopping report. But uh, we all appreciate your call. And uh, you have become part of this building a platform for ladies right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. And I'll get that $50 out to you. And by the way, you're driving a great car. I absolutely love it. I thank you very much, and you all have a nice day. Thank you so Me much, too. Pam. Uh, <laughs> the 20-year warranty. Uh, I got, uh, I got, I got lights flashing, and I got to tell everybody that uh, we'll have to pick up where we left off as far as phone calls are concerned because uh, we've uh, shut the lines down right now because we have to give time for the mystery shopping report, which is from uh, Napleton. And we're going to catch North up a little bit on text and YouTube Lake too. Kia. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we're going to go back to uh, Rick and Stu. Got one good one here. Uh, Sung Sam, he's asking, any comments on buying a car from off-lease dealer in Florida? They're in Orlando and many parts of Florida. I'm guessing off-lease only. Uh, they charge tax for Florida there when I buy from them. And when I go to my own state, which probably is Texas, for where he's from, when I register there, I have to pay tax to register and ask for a refund from my state. Any comments, please, how to avoid 
aside from not buying from off-lease dealer in Florida. <laughs> well, not knowing, not knowing the state, so it is an off-lease. I don't. Uh, it, it, Texas it, DMV is difficult. I can tell you that much. Yeah. You were involved in one recently. Remember, we had this yeah. title situation. Yeah. So I don't know what their rules are. In most cases, in most states, when you're buying, they will collect the sales tax for where you're registering it, unless that state's not reciprocal. In which case, you don't pay sales tax in, Flor in Florida, and Texas uh, would charge a sales tax. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, I don't. You definitely shouldn't have been charged sales tax twice. Well, yeah, that, that's the only thing you can do is uh, is talk to the dealer, and they have a title clerk, and they their job of these title clerks is to converse with. They should be knowledgeable of all the states, and uh, uh, let her work with the the, the uh, DMV in Texas. If you bought the car from them, they owe you that yeah. to try to get that straightened out. Absolutely, and they're a big operation. They're like sm some small, um, uh, like independent used car lots, they don't even do the title work or the tag work for you. They just uh, COD. Um, off lease only does, and so they, they're a big operation. And I'm sure they they, they have the resources to fix. And I it. have the cell cell phone number of the owner, so right. if that doesn't work. Right. Call us you, back. You got backup, <laughs> and I'll give you the cell phone number. All right. I got one last text, and then I'm caught up. Um, this is from Scott and Delray. Um, Earl reminded me of ending up with a Pontiac. I owned and loved my Pontiac Aztec. I wish I still had it on the road. Funny enough, when the boxy V6 Aztec first came out in 2001, the critics panned the design as the ugliest car on the road. It was ugly. Mm -hmm. Yet, yet, by 2002, almost every manufacturer had come out with a similar boxy vehicle. And in fact, Pontiac had just invented the very start of the SUV market. And not entirely true, but there was a design trend, whether it was spurred by uh, Pontiac or by weird cars that already exist in Japan, we'll never know. But yes, there was a trend of Kia Soul, Scion XB, Nissan Cube, all these weird boxy cars came out and ugly cars became a thing for a little while. Mm -hmm. For a little while. All right, I'm all caught up. Okay. Let's get to the mystery shopping report. Did you have a YouTube left over? Uh, actually, one comment that I, I answered online, but uh, Ernesto says, um, if someone wants to buy a used Toyota from a private party or a non-Toyota dealership, which would you recommend or which is as a better pre-purchase inspection, a Toyota dealership or an independent repair shop? Well, you, the, the, the dealership is not going to give you a, a, a fair, honest uh, decision. Well, what, what he means is if, if you're going to buy from, say, uh, the Ford dealer, you want to buy a Toyota from a Ford dealer. Yeah. Should you take it to a Toyota dealership for an inspection or to an independent repair shop? Well, it'd be better to a Toyota dealer, but again, you don't want to pay a lot of money. So uh, the idea is to get, uh, anybody can do an overall inspection. A Toyota dealer could do a better one, but they, they also might charge you an obscene amount of money. So yeah, yeah. I, I get a good technician, Toyota dealer preferably, but uh, anybody to check it over and it's, uh, yeah. price, price it out and compare the prices, right. yeah, but yeah, yeah. the the dealer is going to have the more it should trained more for than, that model. Yeah, yeah. They'll know a couple the, hundred, 100, yeah. 200 bucks. They should be able to do something for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, folks, we'd love for you to get involved with our mystery shopping report and uh, well, post your vote uh, by text and uh, let us know how you feel about uh, 
Well, the hard work, I should say, that went into the Mystery Shopping Report, as it always does every week, and uh, Stu's uh, excellent expertise in uh, putting it all together. Okay. Uh, Mystery Shop of Napleton and North Lake Kia. Like wild animals fighting for the last scraps. I like that, Stu. Yeah. Scraps of meat. Car dealers have grown increasingly aggressive as inventories continue to dwindle to historic lows. Week after week, our mystery shop investigations reveal price gouging and other anti-consumer behavior justified and excused by the supply crunch. So we, you know, nothing better than a crook when they really have a good reason they can throw at their mark to take advantage of them. And this is a true reason. There is a short supply. Uh, and uh, they will be charging you more money. Uh, the, the sin is not telling you how much more they're going to charge you and leading you to believe that you can buy that vehicle for far less than you actually can. Even generally well-behaved dealers like Wallace Nissan last week have joined in to what, you know, this uh, feeding frenzy. To be clear, there's a real upward pressure on prices because of a real shortage. This is classic supply and demand, but price gouging, bait and switch, and dishonesty is another thing. So really nothing's changed. The lack of morals and the uh, uh, excessive deceptive practices are still there. Now they just have something that sounds good because it's true. We have a short supply. And you can walk into any car dealership, used or new now, and they'll say, oh yeah, this car does cost a lot of money because we have a short supply of them. And that's true. That's the reason I say, don't buy a car today unless you have to. You're going to pay more money. You have to buy a car. We had a, somebody called in earlier in the show, had his car total, didn't have a car, had to buy a car. Be careful. You'll minimize the extra cost, and you will only be paying for the lack of supply, not the bait and switch, which is what the dealers are doing. My advice has been consistent. If you, if, you, if you can't wait to buy a new used car, wait. If you can't wait, then listen to this radio show. Pay close attention to what we are covering in these mystery shopping reports, uncovering. This week we hit one of the bad boys again, Ed Napleton. Uh, if you remember, two weeks ago we gave the, uh, I call them Greco's, they call them Greco's, but Daddy Greco says, Greco is a way, way to pronounce it, the sons say, Greco, I'm going with Daddy. Greco, a shot at redemption. They almost made it. Despite checking all the boxes, misleading ad, addendum, hidden fees, we barely pass Greco Chevrolet with a D minus. Our scores were not unanimous. Several people were trying to fail. We gave them a chance. Lowest scale, lowest score before failure, a D minus, and we will be back to Greco. Since we failed Napleton's uh, North Palm Beach Hyundai three weeks ago, it would only be fair to give Ed Napleton the same opportunity. So we picked out another location and sent in Agent Lightning, our female shopper. Prior to heading to the dealership, Agent Lightning checked out NorthLakeKia.com, found her target vehicle, a new 2021 Kia Sportage LX, with an MSRP of 25420 It was listed for sale with an internet price of 24420 just a $1,000 discount. Well, there you are. 
always want to get the internet price when you're shopping. Okay, here's a report, speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I entered the showroom just as they opened up the sales department at 9 a.m. I was greeted by the receptionist who asked me if I had an appointment. I said I didn't, and she offered to get someone to help me. She quickly found Winsley. I told Winsley about the sportage I'd seen online, said I thought the price was attractive. I told him I hoped to drive it home this morning. Winsley led me to his desk, wasted no time before beginning a series of probing questions like what I did for a living. We made small talk about real estate and the car business before it got us back to the subject, my new Kia Sportage. Winsley suggested we find the vehicle and asked if I'd rather walk the lot or stay inside and look on the computer. I chose to walk the lot. Now, advice to everyone, always look at the car you're going to buy. Uh, granted, most people don't look at the car on the lot. Uh, they see the maybe one on the showroom and they say, we have just one, one just like it. Always look at the car you're going to buy before you get into discussing price because the Moroni label is your only reliable measurement of a discount of how good a price you're getting. Not the addendum label, and that's the reason you want to look at it because if there's just a Moroni label and there are no dealer-installed accessories, there won't be an addendum label. Usually there is, and the addendum is much higher than the MSRP. And the MSRP is too much to pay for a car. So don't sit in the showroom and let the uh, salesman go out, go with them, and look at the car you're going to buy, or one exactly like it. Uh, the MSRP on the Monroney label matched what I saw online and what I'd seen on Winsley's computer, but there was an addendum sticker. In this case, we found out about it. Napleton wanted another. This is a doozy. <laughs> $2,710 for a Zylon silver level, some kind of paint, rust, and dust BS. Shadow mark, I don't even know what shadow mark is. Splash guards, we know what those were. Do they still have splash guards? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Nitrogen tire package, <laughs> we, we know what that is. One year maintenance, which is free for the manufacturer anyway, and wheel locks which probably are cheap and you don't want them and they're tr more trouble than what they're worth. So that's what you're paying $2,710 over a sticker for, that pile of dealer-installed garbage. Winsley asked if I wanted to take it for a test drive. I said I did. He asked if I wanted to take it on I-95. This is interesting uh, because he'd have to get a dealer plate. <laughs> uh, he walked me back to the desk, asked for my driver's license, and walked off to speak with the sales manager. I thought it was interesting that they only felt like they had to have a tag on it if they were going to be on I-95, but on North Lake, they can get away with it. It's kind of like a subset of we don't enforce laws, and this is what happens. If you know, every time I go on demo ride on North Lake, I'm okay, but when I go on I-95, they give, they give me a ticket. So you only do what you're going to get arrested for if you violate the law. And that's why the dealers get away with what they get away with. 
When we returned, I told Wensley that this was the one I wanted, said I hoped he could get me a good deal. He walked me back to his desk, asked for my driver's license, and walked off to speak with the sales manager. He returned with a worksheet with a lot of numbers on it. Selling price, MSRP was 25420 They added $3,246, added $3,246 for the same addendum that only were supposed to be 2710 Now this time they added nitrofill 695 So the nitrofill went way up <coughs> from 199 Then they added 1098 for dealer dock service fee, hidden fee. The splash guards went up another 50 bucks too. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> this is the wild, wild west. Uh, $129 e-tag fee. This sounds like it's a legitimate uh, DMV, Department of Motor Vehicle. It's not. It's profit to the dealer. And then there was also uh, $149 private tag agency fee, 129 tag, uh, e-tag file, filing fee, and 149 private tag. All nonsense. Smoke and mirrors, hidden fees. Uh, Ricky had another. Uh, yeah, they did knock five dollars off the wheel locks. Oh, they went from one twenty-four to oh. to one one nineteen. Uh, so it's just total confusion, not premeditated. <laughs> anyway, total hidden fees four thousand six hundred twenty-two dollars in hidden add-ons, and the uh, Naples effective sale price thirty thousand forty-two dollars. So I, Agent Lightning, expressed dismay and exclaimed. This is almost $5,000 over sticker. <laughs> Unbelievable. Supply and demand. Okay. Winsley said, well, there are some ads I could try to take off, but most of the stuff is already installed. I like the way you call it stuff. <laughs> most of the stuff is already installed. He doesn't like it either because it makes his job harder. He said he had to check with his boss. Wensley returned two minutes later with his manager, whose name I didn't get. The manager wanted to know what he needed to do to make this deal happen. The same old, same old, old school party line. What do I have to do to sell you a car? What do I have to do? I said, for starters, I hadn't planned to pay over MSRP. <laughs> the sales manager uh, retorted that this was the market price on the vehicle because of global inventory shortages. Global, I like that. I said I understood supply and demand, but this was excessive. The sales manager said, well, ma'am, what price would you would be willing to pay? This is a, the would you take. And he already tried that before. Uh, you know, just give me a number. Give me a number. Uh, old school. I replied that I wanted to take off all the extras. He turned to the computer, started typing, said, I can get you down $2,000 more. So here we go. We had the roller coaster up, now we're coming down. I told the sales manager he was wasting my time. Again, he asked me what price I wanted to pay. <laughs> I want to pay a dollar. Uh, they, they want to get you engaged in the game. What do you want to pay? I stood up and said, no, thank you. I'm not playing your game. The sales manager tried to coax me and sitting back down, but I wasn't having any of it. I left, walked out, bam, out of there. However, <laughs> a 
about an hour later, I realized that Winsley had never returned my driver's license. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons they take the driver's license. Not always, but in this case here. So I left. I didn't have my driver's license. And I had to go back. I went back to Napleton, North Lake Kia, found Winsley hanging out with a group of salespeople. He said the sales manager had my license. Now that makes it a little bit more likely that why did he have it? Because if I'd asked Winsley back, he'd say, it gives him a stagger, a little, little time. Say, well, the manager's got it, and they keep you there a little longer, unless you forget what I did, and then I left, and now I'm back. Um, he asked me to wait and went into the office. Okay, I'm back now. I stood there for a couple of minutes, and the sales manager came out of the office. Uh, he knew I was coming back. He was holding a sheet of paper and said, let me show you what I can do for you today. I said, no thanks. I'm not interested. He asked me, please, take a look. So I'm back, you know. This time the price was MSRP 25420 he didn't add any of the addendum items, just the three dealer fees totaling 1,376 bucks. So he's way down now, after I had to come back. So the good deal was just $1,376 over MSRP. That's a good deal, 1,376 over full sticker. I told the manager, you should have started with that, which they should have, and then come down from there. I turned to leave, the sales manager told me I couldn't take his internal document, so I took a picture with my phone and said thanks and left again. Here's the epilogue. Napleton North Lakia went for all the money, that's for sure, but how bad was their behavior really? Was this price gouging or a seller's market? So there's a big difference. And you're the judge, you're the jury, and I will be getting hearing from you folks. I, I, I will show you this one a picture that uh, Agent Lightning took for us. And you can see where the ink is. These are all the hidden fees. And this is kind of a, a new record. Look at, look at all the circled hidden fees there. Huge, huge yeah. number. I don't think it's a record because I think three weeks ago when we were at Napleton Hyundai, yeah. I think they had the same thing, but it was priced more and it was like 8,000 yeah. total. Yeah. That was a doozy. So anyway, there, there we are, and here we are, voting time, Napleton Kia, one of the bad boys. What do you say? All right, we got some coming in already. Jonathan in Wellington said, Napleton, say no more. F, they've earned it. Amory gives them an F for keeping and playing games with her license. F minus for the old school games on top of keeping of her license. Bob uh, gave them an X for Napleton because they, they include Xylon. And let's say anything over Facebook over here. Nothing yet. Listen, I, when I, the epilogue, I, I, I asked that question, was it really that bad? And I'm wondering if I'm just getting tainted here with all this bad. Hardened. Um, well, I mean, did anybody say, lie? I mean, in this, in this case, there was no um, ad that came. I mean, I know their Internet price was for $1,000 under MSRP, but she didn't really didn't mention that. Uh, so I didn't see a bait and switch. I didn't see a ton of high pressure other than the sales manager, maybe a little bit. And yeah, they had excessive fees and added equipment, but that kind of sounds like par for the course. So I reluctantly am going to come in with a D grade, a passing, but a low, low passing grade. Oh, and Linda came in. Sorry. Linda gave them, I'm going to count these. It looks like there are seven F's 
well, there's an F and then six Fs. She just started hitting the keyboard. <laughs> and then Jay uh, on Facebook gives him an F, too. So um, I'm outvoted, but I'm going with a D. And by the way, happy birthday, Linda. I know that's coming oh, up yeah, soon. happy birthday. Uh, I've got Tom Gilliland with a D minus, too much abuse. Karen says, I would tell him to stuff it, F. Uh, Larry says, I'll buck the trend. Same as most auto dealers, a C. And I've got, let's see, Mark from St. Louis with an F. Mark Smith with a D minus. Ernesto with a D minus. And Tom has just won the internet. I'm giving an advertised grade of A, but with my hidden ratings, the out the door grade is <laughs> F. Right. And for me, it's a D minus because I mean they're they're doing what everybody else does. <laughs> but if you get your ducks in a row and you do your homework, I think you can you can at least get a reasonable price. Who was the guy that said A and then the ducks? That was Tom Stokel. He says, I'm giving an advertised grade of A. I love it. But with my hidden ratings, the out the door grade <laughs> is F. Tom, I love your sense of humor. That is funny. He he wins the internet today. Absolutely, yeah. Mr. Sunrise? Well, uh, <clears throat> first of all, I want to thank Agent Lightning for her expertise. It's uh, remarkable. And uh, Stu's creative writing, which makes these mystery shopping reports. Uh, well, it keeps everybody's Terrible. attention, that's for sure, uh, because uh, these people don't deserve any more airtime than what they have received. And uh, I find their behavior unconscionable, and uh, I, I don't know what grade I could give them. Um, it, we're in a time right now where, gosh almighty, uh, taking advantage of consumers in so many different ways i can't uh, i'm a loss for words f f f f f f f thank you <laughs> you sound like lynn <laughs> well i go through the same thing as Stu did i, I think uh, uh reluctantly i i'm going to give him a, a d minus um i probably should give him a d uh it's just uh the same old stuff that everybody's doing the question Anne marie delgado uh could be right about the uh premeditated driver's license thing. I would fail them if I thought that were the case. Uh, it's suspicious, but I, not, not uh, totally damning. Uh, she did forget it. I mean, Agent Lightning did forget it. If she'd have said, uh, oh, I forgot my, where's my license? They would have got it for her, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it's just terrible, but it's a curve. Yeah, and, uh, it is. We have a comment here from Jonathan. He says, the listeners might be tough on these dealerships, but it's you folks, that's us, that taught us over the years not to take any garbage from them. A dealership is either reputable or they're not, period. Yeah. Well, there's just so few reputable. And the problem is there are parts of the uh, state of Florida, uh, mainly in South Florida, that you're really, uh, there's just very few to, uh, dealers to choose from. There's a very few... That, that, that will give you a fair shake. Yeah. So. And we're, we also, we, we trust our listeners to make their own judgments. If you see, I mean, lo, most of the reason, the main reason why we do the curve thing is we don't want to come across and say there is yeah. not a single place you can buy a car. And that's just not, that's not true and that's not fair. Uh, so if you guys see a D, you know, that's a passing grade, but, you know, use your yeah. judgment. That's not a good deal. If you see a dealer with a B, you yeah. know, feel good about Buy is so important that you not go into a car dealership and negotiate the price. Uh, 
if you're the world's greatest negotiator and you have fun doing that, there's a few guys like that, mainly guys, then go in and have a ball, uh, bust their chops, and you'll get a good deal. But for 99.9% of the listeners, do it all online. And the people that we see in our personal experiences that get torn up real bad and taken advantage of almost without exception do it in the dealership and they sign the papers and they take the car home and then it's too late to do anything take your time do it online you can't get hurt that bad always always and find someone that's the reason we have the vigilantes to help you if you can't do it yourself go to a vigilante vigilante.com and find someone that can help you buy that vehicle online Okay. All right. This was a good show, wasn't it? I think it was fantastic. Uh, For Ed Napleton, my message to you: I guess you're not making enough money. I don't know. Money doesn't corrupt character; it reveals it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We had a wonder, another wonderful show, and uh, you do make the show. We'll see you right back here next Saturday morning. 8 o'clock. Have a wonderful weekend.